it's Sam and Scott from Ship It Studios Premier Wrestling Podcast, Above the Ring. And Sam, let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record their content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. Did you know that it's as easy to use as Zoom, but it gives much higher quality audio and video recordings? Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a platform to put over for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using uh, Riverside.fm. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside.fm. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Friday. You know what that means. Time for another SmackDown study. For your SmackDown, January 22nd, 2021. Same Friday. You know. I just, I can't say enough about SmackDown. It's just mind-boggling how much better <laughs> this show is than its counterpart on Mondays. It's I, I don't know what to what to say. Like I don't know what the difference is, but they really need to figure it out. Because this show again was just fantastic. Um so yeah, I, I'm gonna keep it short, sweet. Let's just get right to it. SmackDown kicking off tonight once again with our Tribal Chief and Universal Champion, Roman Reigns. Roman, not so happy, clearly, with what what had transpired last week with uh, Adam Pearce pulling uh, a fast one. Over both Roman and Paul Heyman with the whole card subject to change bit, which to this day, I know it's been a week, but that was a big brain move. And uh, Scrap Daddy still got it. So uh, major props. But Roman basically almost spelling out that maybe he doesn't want to do the match. You know, maybe uh, different parts of his body are hurting too much, and you know, it's it's it might be a little too much for him. And obviously, that that draws the the concern from Adam Pierce, who is still a WWE official, does need to do his job to keep SmackDown going. Comes down to the ring, basically saying, "All right, the social raids enough," you know. Stop, <laughs> essentially. Um, and basically, it turns into Roman just chewing him out. And 
he then gives the microphone to Paul Heyman. And Paul does something that took me a little off guard. Challenges the man to a fight. A match tonight. Wait, what? (laughs) So, your main event is set. Adam Pearce and Paul Heyman. Now, obviously, when this happened, my brain went immediately to, wait a minute, no, 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 there are some shenanigans that are going to take place, and I just, I kind of have an idea what it is, but you never know. But we'll save that for the end. Before we even get our first match off, Sami Zayn, that crazy man himself, brings his camera crew out. And what does he do? He handcuffs himself to the barricade and says he ain't leaving. So within 20 minutes of this show, SmackDown's wild already. It's just like, what? What's going on? A man handcuffing himself to a barricade. We got men that haven't wrestled in six, seven years fighting in your main event. I'm just like, what? What is going on? But then we get to some actual wrestling. Women's tag team champs. Asuka and Charlotte taking on the Riot Squad. Well, it didn't end so hot for Squad Squad. Billy Kay, unfortunately, getting involved at the worst possible moment, causing Right Squad to lose. Not only that, she tried to apologize afterwards, and it looks like Ruby's had enough, and it looks like Billy's on her own again. Sad times. But hopefully it's not the end. Hopefully Billy's able to do something to regain their trust because quite frankly, Billy Kay has been phenomenal since she's come on to SmackDown. So we'll see what happens. And I really actually kind of love rocker punk Billy Kay. And I want to see it succeed with the riot squad. So that's just my hope. Anyways, after that, we had Dan Bryan coming out talking about, you know, the Rumble, he is interrupted by Cesaro. Daniel Bryan challenges him to a match, and Cesaro's like, I already beat you. So instead of doing that, I'm, I'm going I'm to issue myself an open challenge for anybody who's already declared for the Rumble to come out and fight him. And who answers? But Dolph Ziggler. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> this is going to be great. And it was, it was a great match, but it was quick. Cesaro putting in that work, showing up, showing out, complete dominance, and gets the win, and it makes me smile. Cesaro getting that push after so many years, so many years, it looks like he's finally getting it. Him and Shinsuke. God bless. 
I was so happy for it. Hopefully this is this turns into something legitimate. And I I honestly don't know who's gonna win the rumble now. I yeah, I was pretty set on who I thought it was gonna be maybe, I don't know, two, three weeks ago. Now I don't know anymore. And I'm and I am excited about that prospect of not knowing. Because you know, some years you can tell right away, like a month out, okay, this person's gonna win. It's just it's how it's setting up for the Rumble and how it's setting up for Mania. We're going. On the SmackDown side, I have absolutely no idea who's going to – I mean, I can tell who's probably going to make it far, but I don't know who's going to win this at all. And and that excites me a lot. It's nice, you know, watching wrestling as long as I have to have no clue going into my favorite pay-per-view of the year, not knowing who's going to win. That just will keep my eyes completely glued on the television even more. So I can't wait. We are nine days away from this recording from Roy Rumble. It's my favorite week next week. Go home shows, the Rumble itself. For me, it's my favorite time of wrestling going into this. But that is on the 31st. Still going with tonight. We had Sasha Banks in all that 8K camera glory. My Lord. Have mercy. (laughs) She took on Reginald. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, we had some type of match that resembled intergender wrestling. Now, Reginald breaking kayfabe for a second. He is an NXT wrestler. That's fine. But the man was just flipping and flying and holy shit. (laughs) Um... Couple awkward spots, especially towards the end, but still it was it was nice to see a man on one side of the ring, a woman on the other side of the ring, and they fought. And it was nice to see in WWE. Something I thought I, I honestly would think I'd never see again. You know, outside of, you know, Rousey and Triple H in that one moment during WrestleMania when she made her debut. You know, it's <laughs> Outside of that, I never thought I'd actually honestly see it again. So it's nice to see it. And hopefully, hopefully it's just the beginning of, you know, things going forward. Because we've got people like Candice LeRae, you know, down at NXT, who could definitely go with the guys. Um, Priscilla, uh, Priscilla Kelly, who was just signed, she can go at it with the guys. Probably the majority of the women down there can go at it with guys. And matches, and it'd be fire. So we'll see. If this is just a one-time thing, I'll take it. I don't care. It's fine. I know a lot of people are like, oh, it's intergenerational. wrestling. It's not believable. Okay. That's your opinion. That's all good and fine. For me, I, I love the aspect of, you know, you want to see these two go at it? All right, they're going to go at it. 
Doesn't matter if they're male or female. It's it's it's, it's go time. <laughs> so Sasha does get Reginald to tap out to the bank statement. Doesn't look so good for Carmella, but Carmella does now get her title rematch at the Royal Rumble. So Sasha needs to keep an eye on that title and keep an eye on Reginald because I'm sure he's going to want some type of revenge. And yeah, that match is quickly going up the card of uh, ones that I'm personally looking forward to watching. So after that, uh, we have a nice little bit in the back. Uh, Paul basically kind of patting himself on the back for everything going on with what's going to happen to the main event. And Roman's like, I never asked you to put yourself in a match. He's like, well, now you're going to go out there and, and be a man and, and take care of your own. And Heyman's face was in complete horror. I was laughing because I'm like, wow, Roman just kind of left him out to dry. But even still, I was like, mm, I don't know. Something's still fishy. But we'll see. Up next, we had our much advertised Intercontinental Championship match between Apollo and Big E. And the match was great for the unfortunate small time, short time that it happened. Because Sammy, who was barricaded and, and handcuffed to the barricade for the entirety of the show, picks this match, conveniently enough for him, uh, to unhandcuff himself and then gets in the ring and attacks both competitors causing the match to get tossed out. And for me, spelling an instant triple threat match at the Rumble, which I'm completely okay with. Um, but that's just my assumption. I don't, not sure if it's actually going to end up happening, but I think it should. Going from that, we go back to the back and the Street Profits carrying a nice little basket of uh, delicious goodies. And they see uh, Sonya Deville in the back and try to sweet talk their way into getting back into the SmackDown tag team title picture after holding on to the titles for 300 plus days. I believe she said 312, which is a ridiculously long time. But Sonya, being as smart as she is, basically spelling out, well, you know, Ford's not 100% with his leg. And it's not fair, you know, to put him back in the ring so quickly. He might get injured. And if he's injured again, out longer, and it hurts SmackDown. So she's going to – she's trying to protect him. So Street Profits are going to sit in the back. They're going to eat that catering. They're going to hype up the show like they've been doing. And Sonya said other tag teams are going to get a shot. At Rude and Ziggler. So I'm excited to see who those teams are, first of all, because there's not a whole lot of SmackDown tag teams anymore because they keep breaking up. <laughs> so I'm interested to see what happens, number one. Number two, I like the fact that they're keeping the Street Profits away from the titles for now because they don't need to be right back in it. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully, Ford can completely recover from his injury, and then they'll be fine. 
After that, we had something I completely had forgotten about. The obstacle course between Bianca Belair and Bailey. And I didn't know what to expect. Because normally when we have, well, when I think of WWE in obstacle courses, I immediately think back to NXT when it was before the actual NXT, when it was the competition show. And they did an obstacle course with uh, Titus O'Neil carrying a beer keg. And he trips literally right off the line and falls flat in his face in under four seconds. And it's just stupid stuff like that. And it's just, I was a little worried. But <laughs> Bailey had these little little hoppers for, um, for like track and field. Uh, they had the the ropes for the uh, the walls, and then they had to fireman carry Chad Gable across the line and then shoot a basketball into a hoop. So I'm like, okay, this shouldn't be too bad. So Bailey goes through in typical heel fashion. She kind of cuts the edges on some things, and you know she finishes, I believe, in the minute 12. So I was like, all right. So Bianca Belair goes... Before she starts, though, Bailey's like, "Oh, well, you know, we gotta, we gotta make the course a little bit more to, you know, Bianca's status, and they come out, they bring out much larger hurdles." And I'm just like, "All right, here we go. Here's the heel work from Bailey." So Bianca starts off with the 400 pound tire that she flips like it's nothing. Runs down, flops, uh, flies over the hurdles like it was nothing. She goes over the walls. She gets over to Chad and ready to pick him up. And Chad's like, no, no, no. This is your person you're going to carry. And who is it? It's Otis. <laughs> but, oh, my God. She literally picks up Otis, carries him. I don't know how far it was, but it was like nothing. Like, she was literally just taking a stroll down the park. I was... <laughs> Drops Otis and then puts the basketball in the hoop. Funny part before, right before that is she's got like 30 seconds left at this point. And she wants Bailey to come play some defense. <laughs> she She's dribbling and she's like waving and egging Bailey on. Bailey's like, fine. Bailey kind of like stumbles over there and tries to play defense. And, and Bianca breaking those ankles goes in, slams dunk. 17 seconds left. So Bianca obviously clearly wins this no problem whatsoever. I'm laughing at this point because I was waiting for a disaster, and it actually ended up being real good. So major props for these two ladies. Also, shout out to Chad Gable and Otis for being such good sports. It was, it was a fun segment. It actually got even better at the end. Bailey goes full heel, takes the basketball, throws it right into Bianca's gut, and just beats the ever living snot out of her. Throws her into the basketball hoop, and the hoop triple uh, falls over and basically on top of her, and really left Bianca laying. So this feud kicking up a gear, and I am here for it. Up next, we had our king, all hail. Baron Corbin taking on Dominic Mysterio, who earlier in the night tells his father, it's fine. I got this. We'll do things. I want to do things my way. 
and we'll be fine. Ray's like, all right, if this doesn't work, then we're doing it my way. Well, Dominic goes out there, uh, gets a little off its in, but he, uh, like most people, meets his end of days. And I guess now it's up to Ray. So we'll see what Ray has on his mind when it comes to taking care of Baron Corbin. But for now, the king reigns supreme for tonight. Baron Corbin doing his thing. Then it was main event time. We get back from break. Adam Pierce already in the ring. Paul Heyman starting to come out, taping up his, his wrists. Goes to take a step onto the stairs and then trips and falls. And the moment that happened, I went, oh, shit, here we go. Here it is. Paul kind of tries to you know wave it off that he's fine. Takes another step on the stairs, trips again kind of falls back against the barricade and just kind of looks up at Adam Pierce and says, card subject to change. And then here comes Roman Reigns. And I'm like, oh, there it is. Well, <clears throat> Roman gets in the ring, proceeds to completely mollywop Adam Pierce inside the ring, outside the ring, takes him up to the <clears throat> where the people are, people I say in quotation marks, where the LED boards are, like he's about to throw them off the off the top like he did to KL. Kevin Owens comes in all, all hooded up because Roman had made sure that he stayed out of the building, which obviously if you've watched wrestling long enough, you know that never works. <laughs> so KO comes in. And just destroys Roman. They have a whole bunch of refs and other officials come out to try to break it up. And, you know, Kevin kind of like backs off a little bit and skirts around and beats and, you know, keeps, keeps on beating up Roman and ends up Papa powerbombing him through the commentary table. Almost takes the steel steps to smash him, but the, the refs were able to rip that away. And the show just ends with KO standing over. Roman saying, you can't stop me. Come the rumble. He's going to be the last man standing. And, you know, I was completely going into that match thinking that Roman was still going to win. After tonight, I'm not so sure anymore. Now, the way I don't normally look at wrestling when it comes to pay-per-views and I've mentioned this before, whoever normally gets the last shots in before the pay-per-view is going to lose the match. It works pretty much 90 95% of the time. Our friend that I, Mark, um, who we've talked about before, big fan of the channel, has been talking about that with me for God, as long as we've known each other, uh, which uh, next year will actually be 20 years. So, which is crazy in its own right. Um, that we've We've joked about this. We've talked about it, how, you know, last person gets that shot in, they're going to lose the match. Another reason why I'm really looking forward to next week. For a lot of reasons. Both Raw and SmackDown have some really good matches set for the Rumble, obviously besides the Rumbles themselves. So it'll be interesting to see what happens, who gets the upper hand, who's going to win, who's going to lose. At least looking at the statistics from that. So I, I'm excited. Um, it's rumble season. 
it's the best time of the year, at least in my opinion. Um, we have WrestleMania. That's going to be back at Raymond James Stadium. Two-night affair once again. I think they set up to 25% capacity. We'll have actual fans for WrestleMania again. That's that's huge. It'll be the first time we'll have an actual live audience for a main roster show since well, Elimination Chamber from last year. That was the last pay-per-view that had people in it, I believe. So it's bittersweet because last year that should have been <laughs> to, to steal from Dolph Ziggler should have been me. I should have been there. I should have been there. We should have watched WrestleMania unfold. Um, me and Sam and a whole bunch of our friends, um, we should have been there. But COVID happened, and it's just not how it's going to work out. I doubt we'll be able to get tickets to go this year. So we might have to look at, at Dallas in two years. Maybe not Dallas. Maybe SoFi Stadium in three years. Who knows? All I know is that the group of us will be going back to WrestleMania at some point because it just needs to happen. We need to make up for what happened this past year. It just it's a wrong that just needs to be right. If you know, you know, if you guys know what I mean. But that's then. This is now another great episode of SmackDown. Very excited to see what happens next week. Thank you guys so much for listening. Again, if you don't follow us already, please follow us on Twitter at excuse me, media underscore Bedlam. My goodness. You can find us on Facebook and YouTube as Bedlam Media. You can find us on Instagram, Bedlam Media Official. We are on just about every single podcasting platform out there. If there's one that we're not on, please let us know. Uh, and we will uh, try to get on there so that way you can listen to us as well as everything else that you guys listen to. Again, my name is Scott. I am the man behind the Twitter of Bedlam Media. This has been your SmackDown study for January 22nd, 2021. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. And please do not forget to join the Bedlam. Have a good night. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.